Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. asked to sing this week, um, and I don't know who needs to hear the song, but this is what came to me. So hit it whenever you're ready. <laughs> Jesus, thank you for being present with us every single moment of the way. No matter what storm we're facing, in the present or that we face in the past, you will see us through to the other side. You do not let us go. I don't want to be afraid every time I face the waves. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear it roar. I don't want to fear the storm. I don't want to fear the storm. Peace, be still, see the Let faith rise up. 
all hearts believe that faith rise up in me. heaven on earth. It's heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. Just a cl- we want heaven to be closer, to be a reality to us on the earth. And it starts with intimacy with God, and then it begins to flow into all aspects of our lives. And it's based on Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, where the Lord Jesus taught us to pray. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, you know, Hallowed be your name. He said, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So our goal this year is that we want more of the will of God to be done in our life as it is in heaven. It's not just our goal. This was the word that God gave us as a church. That this is what I want you to focus on. This is what I want to do in your midst. And that's why our theme for the year is heaven on earth. So our desire is that by the end of 2021, our lives, no matter the shape of our lives right now, will reflect the contours of heaven. Our lives will look more like heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. So so we began to talk about our our theme for the month of January is renew. So we're starting with renewal, getting rid of the old, and then just getting into a new flow. Because in Matthew... Chapter 6, Jesus said, he said in Matthew 5, I mean, I saw Luke chapter 5, from 36 to 38, Jesus said that no one tears a piece of new cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment will be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the whole garment. 
No one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine will burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. So Jesus was saying that if you want the new, you have to renew. You have to renew. You have to do something with the wineskin so that you can receive new wine. So we're saying that 2020 is gone. 2021 is here. We don't want to patch 2021 on 2020, right? We want something fresh for 2021. So we're starting the year by getting renewed. And I, in the, my previous messages, I talked about how God wants to renew us. He wants to renew us in spirit. He wants to renew our souls, our minds. He wants to renew our emotions. He wants to renew our bodies. He wants to renew our relationships. He wants to renew our social life. He wants to renew us in our work. He wants to renew every aspect of our lives. He wants to give you new strength. He wants to renew our strength. You know, he wants to renew your wisdom. He wants to renew your vision. He wants to renew your dreams. God wants to renew us in every area. Amen. So let's reach out to God, and we've been praying and fasting because of that renewal. He wants to renew our attitudes. He wants to renew every aspect of our lives. So we've been praying concerning that. That's what we're dedicating the month of January to, and that's going to be culminating with our, with our renew, renew retreat that will be taking place this upcoming Saturday. Separate that time to God. Don't say, oh, I got this to do and all that. You're going to have a whole 10 months or 11 months ahead of you. We we'll always try to dedicate that one day to just be with God and just get renewed. When you give God the first, he's going to bless the rest. So let God complete what he has started doing this fast. Make sure that you are part of the retreat. So I began to talk last week about the fact that the fasting Fasting is one of the major tools of renewal. Fasting is one of the major tools of renewal. I don't know if you guys know it, that even in the animal kingdom, whenever the animal wants to renew, they go into what is called hibernation. Hibernation. Bears do it. Other animals do it. They will just hibernate. They won't eat. They won't move. They won't do all that. And then, after that, a lot of changes take place in their body system and everything. And afterwards, they will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and they will not be weary. And they will walk and they will not faint. So God put it in the animal kingdom. Now, animals do it by instinct. But not only is it for the animal kingdom, it's also meant for the human kingdom too. But the thing is that because we have wheels, we have all that, and we have all these temptations, you know, we have lost, we have lost touch. But history shows it that, and research shows that those people who practice the renewal, who constantly avoid food for some time, and just spend some time for reflection, for meditation, um, they live longer. That's number one. They are healthier, and they are more in tune with their spiritual self. They are more in tune with God. They are more in tune with God's purpose. That is renewed. Most of the people that we lift up, and it doesn't matter, you see, this principle is universal. It doesn't matter what religion and whatever, those who practice it, they, they enjoy the benefit. You understand? The people that we lift up and talk about, some of them that even created movements that are still transforming the world right now, they were people who learned this thing of 
not getting lost in the food or the activities, but separating themselves for some time to get attuned with their spiritual nature. And that's one of the things that Jesus Christ also emphasized. So last week I talked about the priority of fasting. Why is priority very important for us as Christians? Why? Because Jesus prioritized it. How do we know Jesus prioritized it? Number one, Jesus began his ministry by fasting. When you start something as huge as a ministry um, that is going to affect the whole world for thousands and thousands of years by fasting, you surely must know that fasting is important. The Bible says that after 30 years, Jesus Christ came out, went to be baptized by John, and then immediately after he was baptized by John, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, the moment he was baptized by John, he was led by the Spirit, or he was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by, there by the devil. And verse 2, verse 2 says, for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted. And afterward, he became very hungry. So that's how he began his ministry. And then in the Luke version of it, it says that after he did that in Luke chapter 4, starting from verse 16, Luke chapter 4, starting from verse 16, they said, start from verse 15, please. Start from verse 15. It says, uh, oh, no, what I need is, um, maybe let's do 13. When he returned in the power of the Spirit, is what, is what, you know, Luke chapter, yeah, the devil finished tempting Jesus after the fast. He left him until the next opportunity came. Then verse 14, when Jesus returned to Galilee, then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. He just started his ministry, spent 40 days praying and fasting. He came out of it. He came back in the power of the Holy Spirit and the news about him spread everywhere. This year, starting from after this fast, everybody that must hear about what you are doing will hear about it in the name of Jesus. You too, you will return in the power of the Spirit. And uh, news and reports of what God is doing in your life, what God wants to do through your life that can touch people will spread quickly. In the name of Jesus. So that's one of the things that fasting does. Fasting gets us into that place where we can be more effective in what God has called us to do. So Jesus prioritized it. Also, part of Jesus prioritizing that Jesus taught it. He taught it. There were many things that Jesus didn't speak about. But there were certain things that he spoke about. In Matthew chapter 6, Matthew 5, to Matthew 7, uh, what I call the seminal teachings of Jesus. It is called the Sermon on the Mountains. It's the greatest sermon ever delivered in the history of humanity. Matthew 5 to Matthew chapter 7. It's called the Sermon on the Mountain. That Sermon on the Mountain has sparked many revolutions. You know, many, many, many of it. Because there are so many things in there. And Jesus talked about three things there. Three basic things that are important that we must do as people who want to walk with heaven on earth. The first one, he said in Matthew chapter 6, 
That Matthew chapter 6. It talked about when you, in verse 1, the first one is when you do your harms or when you do your good deeds. Don't do it publicly. Notice it didn't say if you do your good deeds. So meaning that one thing that everybody who follows Christ must do is that you must have it as part of your life, doing good to help the poor. Doing good to help the poor. So he said, that's number one. So I call that radical generosity. Everybody say radical generosity. Radical generosity. You know, he said, don't do it to be admired by others. And when you are doing it, you are not doing it for yourself. You are not doing it for accolades. You are doing it to benefit people. That's generosity done. You are living with an open eye, like I taught last week, like a single, with a single eye. So that's number one. And I'm going to be sharing something that we're going to be doing as a church. We're going to make it another tradition that we're adding to the tradition of city life starting from this year. I'll share it before I end this service. The second one is when you pray. Um, In the same Matthew chapter 6, if you go to, you know, verse 8, you know, Jesus talked again, start from 7, he says, it says, when you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. So that's the second thing. Very important for bringing heaven to earth, for living the heavenly lifestyle. Prayer must be a part of your life, a natural part of your life. Prayer is the breath of the believer. It's like breathing. You have to pray. Prayer is how you bring the supernatural down upon this earth. Prayer is how we get God to move in our world. Prayer is how we petition our Father to move in our world. And I explained last week, you know, why we have to do that, because he has given us authority on the earth. So prayer is how we allow God to come in, right, by using our authority. Living on the earth is like leasing a, leasing a building or renting a house. You don't own the house. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We don't own the earth as owner no, because he's the one that made it, he owns it. But when, you, when he gives you a lease, you have the right to live in there, to do your life, and you have authority over what goes on in there without him interfering. Except you call him and say, this thing is broken, that thing is broken, so come in and fix it. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's the same way with our lives on the earth. So if, you live, if we live inside a broken world, a broken earth, it's not the fault of God, it's our fault. So what God does with us is to continue sending words to us, sending people to us that you need to fix this broken thing. You need to get this thing. You need to make this work. And then we can also call him to come and assist and help us. And prayer is the way that we call upon God to assist and help us. The third thing, verse 16, when you fast. When you fast. When you fast. Fasting is an assist to prayer. Fasting is a prayer assist. Fasting is not uh, something that you do on its own alone. If you do it on your own alone, you are just dieting. And you, ha- you enjoy some physical benefit, but no spiritual benefit. Fasting is an accompaniment to prayer. Fasting is what supersizes prayer. Fasting is what makes prayer atomic. Amen. So don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do. But they look miserable and disheveled. For people to admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, 
That is the only reward they will get. So Jesus tells us here also that there are rewards for fasting. There are rewards for fasting. He said, your heavenly father who sees in secret actually sees you when you are fasting. He sees you when you refuse to go to the refrigerator. He sees you when you refuse to watch Netflix. He sees you when you say, no, I'm not doing that because I'm fasting. Nobody might say, but your heavenly father sees it. And he says that he is going to reward you for doing that. He's going to reward you. And he says the reward will be open. I love it. The way KJV says, your father that sees in secret will reward you openly. Openly. How many of you love open rewards? You know, open reward is that people will just be wondering, what is the secret of his or her life? But they don't, you know, you know, they don't know what happened in the secret. You have secret investment that are bringing forth open rewards. Do you get what I'm saying? Remember immediately after I said this, you know what Jesus began, began to talk about? The next verse is beginning to talk about laying up your treasure in heaven. Part of how you lay up treasure in heaven is this. If you go to verse 17, 18, right, uh, of this passage, it, begin, it begins to, he said, no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you openly. Then, immediately, don't stop treasures here on earth. So how, you st- how we store treasure here on earth is when we do things so that people can say, oh, good job. No. But we store treasure in the heavenly realms through these three things that I just talked to you about. Radical generosity. Do you get what I'm saying? Prayer and what? And fasting. So you store those treasures there. And those treasures are not subject to inflation. They're not subject to depreciation. The, pre- the treasures in the heavenly places don't depreciate. Your bank account can depreciate, but whatever you store in that place does not depreciate. It will always come to help you when you need it. So most of the fasting that we're doing right now is not necessarily just for now. The fasting we're doing right now will speak in your children's future. It will speak in the future. And you don't know why that is happening, but it was a treasure that you stored in the heavenly places. That is now showing up for them. So we have seven more days. For most of us, we have, we have I mean, it's six more days after today. Make sure that you do this with the right heart. Make sure that you truly fast, you truly pray. And I'll tell you something else that we're going to be doing uh, later. So I want to continue and just push this teaching forward. Uh, last week I began to talk about, so I talked about the priority of fasting I talk about the principle of fasting, why I explain what fasting is and all that. And then I started a little bit on my number, third, number three point, which was the practice of fasting. So I want to do practice of fasting today, and then I want to talk about the power of fasting very quickly. So the practice of fasting. We have many um, examples in the Bible. By the way, how many of you got your city light gift? Let me see. If you have not gotten it, wave your hand. So that we can get it to you. Okay, please, um, after the service, make sure you, or even ushers can give it to you right now, you know? It's very handy for this fasting. How you eat water. It's nice. Good. So, So basically, 
practice of fasting is all over the Bible. All over the Bible. And I just want to show you some examples so that you can know what fasting is used for. Then I will round it up by talking about the benefits from the Bible. So, number one, when do you fast? When you are seeking God. The first one, while you are waiting on God for revelation. Everybody say, when waiting on God? For revelation. How many of you want a revelation from God? How many of you want a, re- you want a revelation from God? The revelation is when God just shows you something about his will and his plans. It could be for your own life. It could be for your family. It could be for other people. You just know what to do. Our, our lives as Christians are built on revelations. I'm so glad for revelations because I wouldn't know where to go without revelations. You know, last week I had some things that I needed to get done. And um, I was, oh, how do I go? There were so many, so many ways I could go about it. But I wanted to be sure of which particular way I should go about it, you know. I mean, I then, during the fasting, I, I was uh, waking up in the morning and everything. And then suddenly God just delivered the plan to me. That is the way you should go. I love that. Amen. Don't you love that? The plan just came. And you know, when you receive God's plan, it just works like clockwork. When it's your own plan, then you might have to, you know, push it by yourself. But when it's God's plans, it just works like clockwork. I have learned that, that to remove the stress of having to do it by myself, rather to seek God. So everything we do, I will not organize anything that he didn't tell me to organize. I will not do anything he didn't tell me to do because I'm going to have to run it by myself. The pattern of our lives should be as it is shown to us on the mountain. Just like he told Moses, he said, build according to what was shown to you on the mountain. Not because our lives have designs. God has a design for your life. It's not what you want. No, except you have spent time with God in intimacy and what you want has become what he wants. But it's not what you want. It's not the way you want it done. It's not because you want to start a ministry or you want to do whatever. You know, no, it's not, it's not, it doesn't work that way. It's where God wants you to be. It's what he wants you to do. And that's why we seek God for revelation. Exodus 38 from verse 28 to 29. I'll just show you some examples of people. He was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. Caution. Don't do a fast of 40 days without drinking water, except you are in the presence of God and you can see him face to face. (laughs) You guys get that? Uh, if Jesus appears to you, I both of you are sitting down and having a chat. Just know that you'll be fine. But if it's just you that decided it, you might end up meeting him in heaven after the 40 days. Okay? Because your body is designed to have water. But you'll be dehydrated. So that's just a caution. Many people have died that way. You know, because of foolishness. So please don't do that. You can do without food for 40 days. Your body doesn't really need food, you know, like that. Your body has a store. Your body has a store of fat all over because of excess food that you have eaten. <laughs> People don't know that the, bo- the body has a bank account too. Your body has a bank account. If you eat the pizza, eba, amala, uh, hamburger, and all that, your body will, what it will do is that as you are putting it in, it will use what it can use. Just a little of it, because a lot of this, you know, junk. Then the rest that it cannot use, it will store it here. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you keep doing it after a while, you see that you are walking like that, and you are like, you know, you have three pregnancies at the same time. Your body's just doing its work of storage. And if you keep doing it and keep doing it, more and more calories to get to a point, it becomes a problem. Diabetes and all that, because your body will just become insensitive to insulin. Okay? Which is supposed to regulate sugar in your body. And then all kinds of things will start coming up. But during fasting, when the body sees that you are not depositing anything into the bank anymore, it will start doing automatic transfer from your savings. Start doing automatic transfer from your savings, which is good for some people. Because that kind of fat savings is not good. So it will start doing automatic transfers. <laughs> and then you just begin to see if you continue for about, you know, for some time, you discover that your savings is depleting, which is good for you. And you discover that you are feeling a little bit stronger, healthier, <laughs> more energy, <laughs> and all that. Because the savings is going down. And it does not hurt you. It helps you. Now, you will feel hunger in the first three days. But it's called habit hunger, not true body hunger. True body hunger, you know, is habit hunger. Because anytime you eat at a particular time in a day, when is that day the next day? Your body will be hungry for more. Because you've trained it that way. It's like a dog, you know. Or, you know, when it's time. I remember when I used to keep chicken, you know. A lot of chickens then, chicks and whatever, they know the time when I'm coming to feed them. Once I enter the place, you know, we had this place then, and all the, ki- all the chickens. Once I'm coming, they will just run from everywhere they are. I'll, I mean, I'll run away as if they, like they want to eat me, you know? Because it's time to, they know the time. If you don't give them at that time, it will be like, oh. That's the way our bodies are trained. Do you get what I'm saying? But you can retrain your body. Your body doesn't truly get hungry. Your body can stay without food for 40 days. You know, in fact, when you get to some days, like maybe you get, you get to some days, the hunger will completely disappear. The hunger will completely disappear. Like you won't even feel hungry at all anymore. And then your body turns into, turn into what is called the state of ketosis. The state of ketosis is when it begins to take its energy from the fat that you have there. So rather than taking the energy from the new glucose that you are putting in your body, because there's no new glucose, it will start converting the flat fat into glucose so that you can be healthy. And that is healthy for your body. Amen. So I just wanted to say that so that you, don't, you will not be afraid of fasting. But if you have certain ailments or you have under doctor's treatment, make sure you seek medical advice before you fast. Amen. Or you, are, you have medication, you're taking medication, make sure you take. But fasting is good for everybody, old and young. Okay? So, but as Moses was fasting, he wrote down on the table the words of the covenant, what we call the Ten Commandments. Some of us can receive the Ten Commandments for our own lives. Amen? In the presence of God as we fast. Do you get it? You can receive God's Ten Commandments for your life. Okay? Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. Oh, sorry. I love this one. He said, go back to that place. He said, you know, it came out, he said, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. That's another thing that happens when you fast. There's a radiance that comes. Your face shines. You look more beautiful. You look younger. You get what I'm saying? It's like a divine makeup. 
you know, something just, you know, that's a spiritual shine that is on you when you fast. But when you eat all the time, eat, 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 eat. You know, you start having wrinkles. You know, all the wrinkles and all that. They are, is, your, is your body saying, ah, Mr. Bad, <laughs> give me some rest now. <laughs> One of the most energy demanding things that your body does is digestion. That is why whenever you eat and it's digest on time, your body starts shutting down all your other system and you start sleeping. You start feeling sleepy. Because it uses at least 50 to 60% of your energy to digest food. So can you imagine when you give it a lot of things to digest? And there are different kinds of food. <laughs> there are some kind of food that your body find it to digest very easily. But for some people, what they eat, it's like giving labor, labor to the, to the stomach. <laughs> so when the body, when it begins to enter your mind, your body begins to say, call it all the, all the army. <laughs> all the army of the body, I say, okay, let's get to work. Mr. Mr. Director has given us some assignment. This is going to take a lot of energy. Okay, brain, shut down. Come and join us. Okay, now... Uh, <laughs> Every, it starts shutting down every other one so that they can focus on that just for you to be able to break it down and get it out of your body. But shortly after they get out of your body, you have given them another assignment. <laughs> so you start seeing, after a while, they will start wrinkling. Like, uh -uh. let us rest. Give us a fast. That's why that thing used to be called breakfast in the morning. Break. Fast. There's a reason why they call it breakfast. That's what, you know, you've already been, you fasted from like maybe 6, 6 p.m. So you gave it another 12 hours or 13 hours, so it's breakfast. But for some people, no, they eat at 12 midnight. <laughs> <laughs> so breakfast is not breakfast anymore. You know, another thing I learned was that, you know, our bodies have what is called the uh, circadian cycle. I don't know if you have heard about it. The way the sun, the, you know, the sun works, when it, you know, there is a rhythm that our body works with with the earth, the earth's rotation. Naturally, God put it in there. So when our body sees that it is sundown, it shifts its focus from other energy uses to reparative stuff. Do you get what I'm saying? Because sleep time is when it repairs us. It's like when you shut down your computer and things just reboot it, right? And then all the things, it was talk and everything just changes. So at night, our body shifts to reparative stuff. But what happens is that we now eat that time when it's not for digestion time. So the body is trying to do reparative work, and then you give it digestion work. So what happens is that the food is not properly digested. The body just chunks somewhere and all that, and it becomes cancer and becomes some other stuff. So that's why a lot of people are learning right now that it's not good to even to eat late at night. You know, you eat early in the night when the body is focused on digesting, early in the evening, and let the breakfast take place. But I'm not a doctor. I'm just sharing with you some of the things I'm learning, and I'm trying to practice in my own life. So, all right. So when you want to seek God, Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. I turn my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. 
Daniel chapter 10, verse 2 to 3. Daniel 10, 2 to 3. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I had no delicacies. I had no pleasant food, no meat, or wine came into my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So this is what we call the Daniel fast, you know, where he was on a vegetable or light stuff fast. But he was doing that because he was seeking God for direction. Israel was in captivity. And he read in the book of Jeremiah, from the prophecy of Jeremiah, that it was supposed to be 70 years, and 70 years was passed. So Daniel was like, why? Why are we still in captivity, even though it's after 70 years? And this was the prophecy. And he was seeking God for directions concerning that. And guess what God rewarded him with? God not only rewarded him for an, with an answer for that, he also rewarded him an answer for the ages. That he began to see visions of even when Jesus will come, how the kingdom are going to happen. So, so fasting is very good when you are seeking God for prayer. Amen. Number two, during times of danger, Seeking God for help and direction during times of danger. Seeking God for direction during times of danger. Sometimes it is perceived danger. Like you just feel something, that something is coming in the future. And sometimes it is present, clear and present danger. But you can fast to prevent danger. You can fast for your children's future. You know, some people... You know, if you take some time to pray fast right now, you might, you know, you will not have to deal with kids on drug or kids on, you know, all those kind of stuff. Thank God for our own parents and their prayers that they prayed for us. Their prayers that they prayed for us marked our path, prevented us from all different things that we didn't have to deal with. You can do the same thing for your children, even though you don't have a husband or wife now. You can pray. You can pray about the, your future spouse. You can pray about future decisions. You can pray about your pathway ahead of you. You can pray so that the danger is minimized or eliminated. You don't have, always have to get into that. Bible said, Bible told us in the Lord's Prayer, I said, pray, pray, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. So through fasting and prayer, you can actually create a clear pathway for your future. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3, this one was a clear and present danger. For example, they just told you that they might be firing people at work or they just, somebody just threatening your life or doing whatever. You can eliminate it. You can deal with it by prayer through fasting. 2 Chronicles 20. Before we even talk about what, what terrified him, let's read from verse 2. What terrified him was that several nations were gathered. Messengers came and told Joseph that a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Azazon Tamar. This was another name for Hengedi. Verse 3. Then he was terrified. Jehoshaphat was terrified. Jehoshaphat. I love the way Pastor Chris said, he said, when you're going to name your child, please don't put fat at the end of it. Pretty hot and tempting. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. 
He proclaimed a fast for everybody to fast. For those of you who are Bible study students, you know what eventually happened. As everyone began to fast, they said, suddenly one of them began to prophesy. So they prayed to God and everything. One of them just prophesied. God answered and says, you will not need to fight in this battle. The battle is the Lord's, not yours. You will not need to fast. So you will not need to fight. And then they put praisers in front of them. And the praisers were singing praises to God. And by the time they got to where the nations were gathered, God had destroyed them. They turned against one another and they started killing themselves. And all they just had to do was go and pick all the gold and the silver and all the spoils of war. Something that was so dangerous, you know, for him and for the whole nation, God turned it around. No matter what threat is taking place or is coming against you in 2021, I decree and declare over you that it will be turned for your good. In the name of Jesus. It's going to turn out for your good. I'm never afraid of trouble. I'm never afraid of challenges. I'm never afraid of those things. Because I know the promise of God says that troubles will come seven ways, but sorry, they will come one way, but they will flee seven ways. So for every trouble, you will have seven solutions. For every challenge, you will have seven victories in the name of Jesus. So don't be afraid, okay? Don't be afraid of those things. Health issues that show up, you will overcome it. Fasting is one of those things. Through prayer is one of the ways that, you know, we do that. Nehemiah talked about the second type, which is, um, what do you call it? Uh, like praying for future, future stuff. You get it? Like future things that may come up. In, uh, in Ezra, Ezra, I mean, Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. Ezra 8, 21. He says, there by Hahava canal, I proclaim the fast so that they might, that we might humble ourselves before the Lord and ask him for a safe journey for us and for our children. He will give us a safe journey and protect us, our children and our goods as we travel. So I told you, you can pray for future stuff for you and your children and all your concerns, you know, through the power of fasting. Is it clear, everyone? C, or number three, when you're about to step into an assignment from God that is beyond your current capacity, when you're about to step into an assignment from God, or when you're about to step into a year, you're about to step into a new job, you're about to get married, you're about to, like when you're about to do something new like that, that is beyond your current capacity, fasting is a way to step into it. Ezra 4.16, Esther 4.16 Go and gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. So I will go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I must die, I must die. She was about to do something, which was the calling, the reason why God put her there. All of us are in the places where God has put us for a time like this, for a reason. When you're about to step into that assignment, there are challenges that are waiting for you. 
You can fast. You can have other people to fast with you as you step in there so that you can enjoy divine favor. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that you can enjoy divine favor like she did. And she did it. And God used that step to stop Israel from being, from genocide, from being killed and um, annihilated. Nehemiah 1.4, before he began his assignment to go and build the wall of Israel, and it came to pass, when I heard these words, I sat down and I wept, and I mourned seven days and fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven. And by the time he went and talked to the king, the king gave him money, gave him uh, protection, gave him everything that he needed to go and rebuild the wall. So you pray and fast when you have an assignment before you that you need God's favor in. Acts 14.23, when they had ordained elders in every church and they had prayed with fasting, they prayed with fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So this was elders of the church. They are about to begin their assignment to serve and all that. They prayed with fasting before releasing them into it so that the power of God and the favor of God can follow their service. Acts 14, 20, uh, sorry, Acts 13, 2 to 3. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work for which I've called them. And after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Apostolic ministry of the apostolic ministry of Paul and Barnabas was supposed to start. They were going to be going to nations to take the gospel there. It was launched with prayer and fasting. So when you're about to kick something or launch something, prayer and fasting is very important. Let me talk about this one. In repenting and humbling ourselves. There's no better way or no more no more effective way than humbling yourself. I want you to know that we all deal with pride. There's no pride in our spirit, but our minds and our bodies, our souls can be proud. And a lot of things that happen in our life is because of pride. And sometimes, even though you don't want to be proud, you find out that you just find yourself walking in pride. One of the ways you humble yourself is by humbling your soul. Amen. Psalm 69, verse 10. When I wept and I humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. He said, when I weep and fast, they scoffed at me. The, the uh, NIV or any other one, you know, it's talking about, you know, I humbled my soul with fasting. It became my reproach. So we humble our soul. Everybody say, we humble our souls with fasting. If you want to be humbled, get into fasting. You get humble very easily. And the person abuses you. So praise the Lord. God bless you. <laughs> you don't have any more energy to fight. Oh. All the things that God has taught you, you know, do not reply. Turn, your, turn the other cheek. You'll be able to do it very easily. 
when you fast. And listen, when you go home, the Bible says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So when we humble ourselves, we experience more of God's grace. 1 Samuel 7, 6. So they gathered at Mitzvah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day. And they said there, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged people of Israel at Mitzvah. The whole nation sinned. And then they went to God and humbled themselves. Let me, let me just tell you something. No matter the mistakes that you have made before, that's even bringing the judgment of God to come upon you. It's coming up. If God says the judgment is coming, harvest is going to come. One of the ways you can stop that harvest is by, by humbling yourself through prayer and fasting. Genuinely. Let me give you an example. Um, in Jonah chapter 3, from verse 5 to 10, Jonah, God told Jonah to go and prophesy to Nineveh. You are going to be destroyed, all of you, because of your sin. And Jonah went and prophesied to them. Look at how the people of Nineveh responded. And the people of Nineveh believed God's message. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on ball up to show their sorrow. Verse 6, keep going. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took his royal robe, took off his royal robe, and dressed himself in up and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and the nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herd or flock, may eat. So animals are too fast. <laughs> a serious fast from your may eat or drink anything at all people and animals alike must wear garments of money they want to dress the animals <laughs> so you get your dog and dress it up in sackcloth and ashes and everyone must honestly must pray honestly to God they must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence who can tell? Perhaps even yet, God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. So it's a way of humbling yourself and to turn judgment away. Like he said in Joel, 2.12. Therefore, also now says the Lord, turn even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. So it's one of the ways that you just show remorse and repentance. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me give you the last one and then I'll just quickly talk about the power of fasting. The last one is when you are seeking God for breakthroughs and interventions. Breakthroughs. Breakthroughs are like things that have been tough and hard in front of you and just want to break through it. Or you want to break through to a new spiritual level. You want to break through into a new level of ministry, a new realm in your calling. You want some new gifts of the Spirit, some promises of God to begin to function in your life. Just a new realm. Prayer and fasting is one of those things that you do. Psalm 35, verse 13. First one is sickness, you know. It says, but when I, 
When they were sick, I walked sack, sackcloth. Psalm 35, 35 verse 13. I'm using ESV. When they were sick, I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting. And I prayed with head bowed to my chest. So fasting in dealing with sickness. Certain sickness, you know, fasting. Uh, praying to God and fasting. Second Samuel 12 verse 16. David therefore sought God on behalf of the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. He said, Lord, concerning this child, this wayward child, this whatever, you know, I just, God, I want you to turn, I want you to visit this child. I want you to do whatever. He lay down on the ground and was fasting. was praying for the child. Hallelujah. So let me quickly talk about the power of fasting. Just some benefit of fasting. Benefit of fasting. That's where I'm going to end up. So we're going to be studying Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58 is a, is a classic teaching on fasting. That message of Isaiah to Israel on fasting. On the right kind of fast and the benefit of fasting. So we'll quickly look at that. Isaiah 58. Uh, I, will not start, I, uh, you know, I will not start from the beginning. Um, but um, let's look at it quickly. Israel was fasting wrongly. You know. Well, well let's start a little bit up so that I can. They were fast, fasting in the wrong way. And God said, no, that's not the kind of fast I want. You know. Start from verse 1, actually. Let's do it from verse 1. It's okay. He said, shout with the voice of a trumpet. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people of Israel of their sins. They are so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that will never abandon the law of his God. They ask me to take actions on their behalf, pretending they, were, they want to be near me. Pretending they want to be near me. We are fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? Jesus told us that God can be impressed by our fasting. You get right? He said, we have been very hard on ourselves. And you don't even notice it. I'll tell you why I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourself. So number one, even when, while you are fasting, you keep oppressing your workers. So you are not fasting if you are still fighting people when you are fasting. No. It's not about the food. It's about your attitude. You are still oppressing. You are still fighting. You are still talking about people. You are still doing all that. It's not a fast that is acceptable before God. Now, don't fight anybody. If anybody is trying to fight you, just tell them, after the fast. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> say, I'll see you. I'll see you 21 days. <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully by the 21 days, by 21 days, you know, you know, God has worked on you that you know that you don't need to fight anybody anymore. But at least, if that's where you are, and you are feeling the anger, say, I'll see you 21 days. But for now, I'm working on something. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the next verse, please. Thank you. Verse 4. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. Verse 5. You humble yourselves by going through the motion of penance, bowing your head like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in ball up and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? 
Do you really think this will please the Lord? No. Begins to talk. This is the kind of fasting I want. One, free those who are wrongly imprisoned. So let me talk about some of some people are imprisoned in your heart that you have not forgiven. When you don't forgive somebody, you are imprisoning them. Free them. Free them during this fast. Free them. Free them. Free them to be able to even make mistakes. Free them to even be able to wrong you. Free people. Don't let people be always be bound on how you feel, how you think, and all that. And free yourself when you free them. Free people to be themselves. Even if they make mistakes, just free them. Stop living based on what people do to you or do not do to you. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. There are people who work for you, who help you. Be generous to them. Let your prayers go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Keep going, please. Share your food with the hungry. And give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from your relatives who need your help. Now, we're going to be doing something. I said I was going to announce it. Um, as a tradition that we're kicking out. For our 20, from now on, January, after our 21 days of fasting, we're going to be doing a distribution to the poor. So some of us have saved some money from the food that we didn't have to buy. Um, next Sunday, after the fast, I want to ask everybody to bring something. We're going to be distributing to the poor on the south, the west, and the north side. These are some things that you can bring. You can bring new clothes or gently use clothes. Please don't, you know what, in fact, just new clothes. Don't bring one that, you know, you cannot wear. Bring, you can buy grocery cards. Maybe Walmart card or whatever, based on what you can do. On Sunday, next Sunday, we're going to be praying over them. We're going to be having something sweet as a church. And also, we're going to be getting some food materials, um, boxes of food materials that the Life Development Center is going to be getting. And we're going to be distributing it upcoming week to people in the north, the south, and the west who through coronavirus virus have lost their jobs, families that have lost their jobs or they have food issues. That is how we're going to be ending our fast. I'm going to be excited about that. For those of you who are watching online that you might not be able to bring it in, you can also send in an offering towards that and designate it and say it is Project Radical Generosity. You know, just put it in there and it will be diverted for their purposes. We use it to get grocery cards or whatever that we're going to distribute all around. So that's the announcement that I want to make. Isaiah 58 verse 7. Share your bread with the hungry. Bring the homeless poor into your house. Bring the homeless poor into your house. Give clothes to those who need them and don't hide from your relatives who need your help. Verse 8, then the reward, your light shall break forth like the dawn. You're talking about city light. Come on, it's about to shine brighter. 
shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing, your own healing, shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Verse 9. You will call. The Lord will answer. That's clarity. Everybody say clarity. Intimacy. Say intimacy. Like hearing God's voice very clearly. You will say, here am I. You can hear him. If you take away the yoke from your midst and the pointing of fingers, pointing of fingers, yo, you did this, you are that. Stop pointing fingers. Stop pointing fingers. And speaking wickedness. Verse 10, quickly, verse 10. If you pour yourself out to the hungry and satisfy the desires of the afflicted, your light shall rise in darkness. Somebody say amen. And darkness, in the, and your gloom will be as the noonday. Every gloom, every morning, everything in your life that seems like gloom right now, light is going to rise in it in the name of Jesus. Verse 11. And the Lord will guide you continually. He will satisfy your desire in scorched places. He will make your bones strong. You will be like a watered garden. Like a spring of water. Whose waters do not fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You will raise up the foundations of generations to come. You will be called the repairers of the bridge. The restorers of streets. Some of you will restore real estate. Amen. Estate spanning streets to dwell in. Verse 13. If you turn your back and your foot from the Sabbath, from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure. The Sabbath is the rest, the fast, for, you know, for our own context. From doing your pleasures on my holy day. And call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable. If you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking hardly. If you take the light, then you shall take the light in the Lord. I love this one. It will make you to ride on the heights of the earth. I don't know about you. I want to ride on the high places of the earth in 2021. High places. Everybody say high places. Oh, I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your sad father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Who is ready for heaven on earth? Who is ready for high places living? High finances. High places in your calling and your ministry. This is what God is telling us to do. And as we do it, I tell you, you will experience it. You will walk in it. In the precious name of Jesus. Come on, rise up on your feet, everybody. I want you to thank God for the word that you have heard today. Those of you watching me online also, I want you to thank God for the word that you have heard. I want to begin to dedicate yourself for the last seven days, for the last six days of this fast. Begin to pray and say, God, I'm, I'm stepping deeper. Tell him your purpose. And just, you know, repent of anything, pointing fingers, doing all those kind of things. Repent of it. And say, God, I'm ready to just seek you. And I'm ready for my light to shine. I'm ready for my healing to spring forth. I'm ready, Lord, to deal my bread to the hungry. Dedicate what you are going to be giving. Let God speak to you out right now. What you are going to be giving towards this project next week, next week Sunday. Radical generosity. Dedicate, you know, talk to the Lord about it. What your family is going to be doing. These things, we're going to deliver them. You will see pictures. We're going to deliver them to families. Black, African-American families, Hispanic families, white families. Everywhere, we're going to be delivering them. You will, you will see pictures as they are receiving it. Amen. So I want you to just thank the Lord. Tell God what your family is going to do what you are going to do to be a blessing. 
to the people. Oh, Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father. We give you praise, Lord, for this time. Thank you for the renewal that is taking place in our lives. Thank you for the renewal that is taking place in our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.